Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Light it up on a Thursday. Thursday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Live. Local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation. I am Jeff Howe, Craig Way out on vacation behind the glass, as always, except for tomorrow. We found out where he's going tomorrow, but maybe we'll get. get some info on that here in a second. The play by play prodigy, Cameron Parker. Cam, where are you going tomorrow? I'll be in Cedar Park. Okay. What's going on in the uh, What's going on in South uh, Southwest Wilco tomorrow? Just a little Bible convention action going on this weekend. Nice. A- after our shows this week, I gotta probably refine God. You know. <laughs> Has it been that rough? Uh, I mean, three more days with you next week without Craig. Yeah, man. You can uh, you can lose your way when you're. We have lost our way on this show, and you can you can get off the path with, with me on, on the air for a few days. But it's been good. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Specs text line is always fun, 337-3776. Your feedback, questions, everything is all, always welcome. I always appreciate our listeners here on Light the Tower. We've got a couple of Longhorn Notebooks. I do want to continue the conversation that uh, Cameron and I were in yesterday in revolving around Texas looking like the preseason favorite in the Big 12. And we, we talked about Oklahoma a little bit. We talked about Texas. Uh, but but I want to start looking at the rest of the league, Cam. We got to, you know, we're about, what, two weeks away from Big 12 media days, thereabouts. Yeah. So we're going to start getting our Big 12 thinking caps on. Did you see the players released for the Big 12 media I did, day? yeah. We can, we'll talk about that for sure uh, and, and what that means. And uh, Is Keaton Slovis your favorite player that will be there? I, no? Okay. I can't. You know what? I can't even tell you who Keaton Slovis is playing for at this point. Where 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 is Keaton Slovis? Where in the world is Keaton Slovis right now? Brigham Young. He transferred to BYU. The fact that him and JT, I want to say JT Barrett, right? JT Daniels. JT Daniels. Good lord. JT Daniels. It seems like he was in the same recruiting year as JT Barrett. But. And he'll be at Rice. Who he'll, he'll play Texas for what, the third, fourth straight time. Uh, I, this I know this will be his third different team that he's played. Is he quarterback USC here in 2018? Quarterback in West Virginia uh, last season, and then now, uh, yeah. Well, was he the quarterback at West Virginia in 2021, or was that somebody mm, else? No, he was at. Remember, he's at Georgia. Oh, he was still at Georgia. That's right. And then last year, 23 years old. It just seems, it seems like yesterday. And slow was his 22. He was an 18 year old, 19 year old freshman. The, fu- the future of the USC program. Damn, when he came in here. 
in Amon Ross St. Brown. And Amon Ross St. Brown is what? Going into year three in the NFL and JT Daniels is still in college. <laughs> It's funny how time flies. Speaking of time flies, I got a little inconceivable, a little personal inconceivable. I'm going to share a story about how sometimes another scorpion bite. Not a scorpion uh, bite. Have not have not had a. You know, I've noticed the spider has been a, a, a bigger player in my house. That's probably life. not a bad thing. Right? Nah, the spider doesn't worry me. He's a he's he's a small bit player. Better than the roaches. I haven't come across those in a very long time. Not since we first moved into the house we're in. You know, once you first move into a house, you deal with all kinds of just Weird crap, vermin. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's been a minute, knock on wood, since we had any roach sightings. Not Mike Roach, my man at 24-7 Sports, good people. Um, Mike used to work for us at Horns 24-7. Now he's moved on to, to bigger things on the national side. Uh, you can still get your re- daily recruiting information at Horns 24-7, though. Hank South, Jordan Scruggs, Hudson Standish getting it done over there. But I digress. Uh, no, I, 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 it's going to be a story, Cam, revolving around how sometimes – some of your worst qualities can turn out to bring you the best moments in life. So I will get into that in Inconceivable. Uh, but as always, we're talking football here. Did I mention we got a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine to give away? I don't know when. I don't know what color it's going to be, but we will give one away today throughout the course of the show. I, I still haven't heard, Cam, if DCTF is out on the, the newsstands yet, if you can pick it up at, at any of your fine grocers in the area or Walmart, places like that, Barnes & Noble. I don't think so. Any of your bookstores, if those kind of places are still open, seems like those are few and far between now. There's a half price books not far from my house that just recently closed. Mm. So seems like the bookstore the bookstores are going the way of the dinosaur. But at any rate, we'll give away a copy of DCTF. If you don't want a copy of DCTF during our two hours, go to hornfm.com. Cam, correct me if I'm wrong. We are giving away more copies on the website this year than we have done in previous so. years. Yeah, this is a this is a Craig a Craig Way special going back years and years and years and years and years. Craig always gives away copies of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, uh, but and usually you know like, like last year we were giving away two two a show. Now we're down to one a show and just giving away more on the website. So get over to hornfm.com. And check every out. every day until I believe August 25th, we're giving out a copy. Till August twenty fifth. Thank so you. So you have plenty, plenty of chances to win on this show, also on BE, but also online at hornfm.com. So check that out. Uh, you can't beat free ninety nine, Jeff. No, that's the best price in the world. Uh I love this text coming in. How don't get our hopes up yet again for football. It's probably an eight and four year. I think that's kind of where Cam and I left things yesterday. So we'll get into that coming up at the bottom of the hour in the Longhorn Notebook. Scorpions don't scorpions sting, not bite. Come on, man. So, that, so hey, it's come a, on, Jeff. It's a sting, not a bite. Did I say bite or did you say bite? I, I'm sure I probably said bite. I'm sure I said it. I've not been stung or bit by a scorpion yet, so I don't really Be know. thankful for that. I'll tell you this, though, man. The red wasp hurts more than it, – it's probably where the red wasp stung me. The red wasp stung me in the, the, small, the, the small part of your lower back where there's just not a lot of meat there. It's mostly just vertebrae and skin. Where are we at with the game warden next week? We, we've located one yet? I uh, have not located okay. one yet. Efforting. We'll just put it in the effort. Listening, the efforting. Category. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're open. Yes, open for business. Uh, it's going to be weird. A three three day work. Well, on on this this job I have is a three day work week. I never get a three day work week at Horns twenty four seven. If I'm not on vacation, every day is a work day pretty much. But anyway, yeah, we'll uh, we'll work on getting a game warden in here or on the phone. Something. Well, I want I want that segment. I want that segment. Yes, CB Craig did post a picture of himself on Facebook. <laughs> 
reading Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine poolside, can like he, I, I think it's impossible for Craig to just completely unplug. He I, says he does, but I don't think he can. Like I think he's just been doing this so long. It's 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 hard for me to completely unplug. And Craig has more irons in the fire than I do. Well, especially because now sports is everywhere, especially with social media. So you're always constantly getting updates. You're getting notifications. So unless you put your phone away, Jeff, like for Disney World, did you do that because, what, five recruits popped when you were on vacation? Well, I still – I'm in the the Horns 24-7 staff. We have a group text. So anytime news is about to go down, I'm getting texts on my phone. Yeah, so you're, I, you know, you're never technically unplugged, right? No, the only time I Unless can you pull remember, Aaron Rodgers, did you pull in Aaron Rodgers and go? You know what? That I don't know. He did like the the it wasn't a wilderness darkness retreat. retreat. The darkness retreat. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound too appealing. The only time I can think of that I really truly unplugged. Um, there's been a couple times. I went on a cruise one time. This was uh, twelve. 12 years ago or so, went on a cruise and had my phone off pretty much the entire time I was at sea. So I was literally unplugged. I was off the grid. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, did the vacation down to Vero Beach. I guess this has been a, it's been a minute. It's like 2014, 2015. Man. Did the Vero Beach vacation and made it a point during the day, pretty much from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed, I would turn my phone off. Just not have it with me. So that I unplugged then, but no, this one plus now, Cam, it's like when I go somewhere, I gotta have all kinds of apps and stuff open and you know, my wife had the I had a map uh, the entire time up of like whatever Disney park we were at, like a map of the park, so I didn't have to constantly like, Oh, where's the map? I need to find a map. Well it's on my phone, so yeah. I pull it up there. Um And you also gotta have your phone on you because Someone needs to get in touch with you, True. right? True. Yeah, well, I'm not that important, but, yeah, somebody might need to get in touch with me. More more, more often than not, it's telemarketers trying to buy, sell you something or get you and swindled into some scheme. I have a question for you, Cameron Parker. Do you have your NBA segment ready to go? Yeah. You want to do it? You want to do it to hour two? You know what? Let's do it right now, and we'll continue if need be. Are you Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right. So here, here's the deal. We got some texts early this week saying Cameron needs his own show. Cameron needs his own show. Well, I don't have the authority to give Cameron his own show. But what I can do is I can turn young Cameron loose, let him talk about something he's passionate about, which is either going to be golf or the NBA. And when is the Open Championship, Cam? Still- so after the – yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Two we're weeks too, starting today. We're too far out. We're too far out to do an open preview. We're too far removed to do a U.S. Open recap. So I can't have Cam going depth. Where, where is this weekend's PGA Tour stop? Uh, Detroit Country Club. Rocket Mortgage Classic. Okay. Kind of a snoozer. Doesn't doesn't sound like it's You're not going to miss anything if you don't watch any golf. Doesn't sound like it'll be an elite field. Lives at Valderrama, too. Okay. Interesting. Which I will also watch Zero Hub. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so if Cam's not watching golf, there's no reason for me to watch it. So no golf, but we do have basketball. So Cameron, I yield the floor to you. Part one of what's probably going to have to be a two-part preview of NBA free agency, which gets going what six, six July o'clock, 6. July sixth. Okay, but tomorrow, like the league, the league, the league is not open for business. The new league year does not start until July sixth, but the action is going to start kicking off 
for all intents and purposes tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, it's already basically kind of started with some, you know, signings, trades. None of that goes becomes official until July 6th, technically. The John Collins trade to Utah, probably the biggest trade. Well, the Bradley Beal trade. But since the Beal trade, probably the John Collins deal is at the biggest since one. Since then, seen. yeah. I mean, your your biggest trades, you got Chris Stops going to Boston, Chris Paul going to Golden State. You mentioned Bradley Beal going to Phoenix. So there's a lot of movement going on. John Collins to Utah. Still waiting to see what happens with Dame Lillard. And that's uh, that's the storyline. He's not a free agent. He's got two years left on his mega deal. But what does Portland do with that? They drafted Scoot Henderson with number three. Now Dame met with ownership in the front office two days ago about you know his future, and we got the, the yeah we're, we're we're still committed to Dame Lillard. You know the the usual. It sounds like Dame kind of wants to leave Jeff, but it's like he doesn't. He doesn't want people to know he wants to leave, right? He's telling the fans, like, no, I'm committed to Portland. I want to stay here. But, yo, honestly, like, I kind of want to go to South Beach and win. Because yeah. the way Portland's built right now, Jeff, they're not they're not win-now mode. You have Anthony, right. Anthony Simons, great young guard. Shaden Sharp, great young guard. Scoot Henderson coming in, great young guard. But they're not in win-now mode right now. And I think Dave, at his age, I think he's 33, 34 years old. He's a smaller guard, so you have to worry about health. You know, when when does his body start to break down? We, you know, you kind of saw it with Isaiah Thomas. You kind of saw it with Russell Westbrook. Whether after after their prime, that drop off, it's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And while you know, Russ still has his moments. He's rem- he's far removed from his MVP seasons when it comes to shooting. So you wonder how much does Dame left in the tank? And he's a guy that, understandably, you know, he wants to win now. They can probably get a pretty good package for him. It just depends on. What does Portland want to do? So is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson for Dame Lillard, a couple picks? Curious to see what happens. That's probably the biggest remaining trade left out there right now. Okay. As far as guys, not today, a lot of guys have until today to either opt in if they've got player options or opt out. Do we have any update on what James Harden's going to do? No. So – it sounds like so. There's there's been rumors of him flirting with Houston, and Rockets fans. I'm curious if you're a Rockets fan, five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Do you want Harden to come back? Because as a move, I don't I don't understand for either party why you would want to pick up James Harden. If you're James Harden, right? He's in this, he's close to 34 years old. You haven't been to an NBA Finals since 2012. You haven't got that championship ring yet. If you go back to Houston. Sorry, Rockets fans, you're not going to be a competitor this year or next year, right? So why are you running away from winning a championship? Why not just stay in Philadelphia? For Houston, you got a ton of young guards. you got a plethora of young guards. You bring in Harden, who's ball dominant. Isn't that going to stunt the development of, of Thompson, of Green, of KPG, Cam Whitmore, et cetera, et cetera? I don't understand that move for either, either guys, but there is a chance, Jeff, though, that if he does pick up. I believe he has a player option. If he does pick it up, thirty-one million dollars would be <sighs> what he would get paid. Man. Philadelphia could still trade him. He could sign in. They could sign and trade. And I'm curious where would he go from there. So, if you're Houston, I would stay away. I like Ike says Harden makes zero sense. He is a cancer, and honestly. You know, I, I kind of I kind of agree. I think he's a, a great basketball player. He's a great regular season guy. But there's also a reason why, Jeff, that he has not gotten past the Western Conference Finals since he was the third best player 
on an Oklahoma City team back in 2012. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll love some of the work that uh, I don't I don't know if it's affiliated with SB Nation anymore, but it's the the Secret Base YouTube channel, and they do this series called Collapse. Mm-hmm. They looked at the collapse of the Thunder after making that finals with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, and basically. Well, basically what it amounted to is they just traded James Harden too early. If they would have waited, then the uptick in the salary cap would have allowed them yeah. to keep all three, and they could have kept rolling. They just panicked and traded James Harden too early. Yeah. And how different would the careers of all three of those guys and that franchise be had they not had they not just pulled the trigger prematurely on a James Harden trade? Yeah, Clay Bennett, the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder, they miscalculated what the cap was going to look like. They did not expect that huge spike increase. So Bennett... Uh, owner in OKC, small market, he did not want to get into the luxury tax, Jeff. He wanted to avoid the luxury tax, so he you know, gave Preston an ultimatum. It was like, hey, you got to re-sign Ibaka or Harden. And Harden, you know, he wanted his full contract. Presti could not give it to him because Clay Bennett, the owner, did not want to get in the luxury tax, so they had to trade him, and the return they got was awful. Now, looking at how Harden's career is played Kevin, out. Not a big Kevin Martin fan, are you? No, he did not have – I mean, he had his moments in OKC, but he flamed out pretty quickly. I'll, no bar, one, I'll borrow one of the Mark Jackson terms that makes me want to drink drain cleaner. He can score the basketball. Yeah. Or could score the basketball. Bizarro Dale Dudley, the beard can take his butt to find new strip clubs somewhere else. Hey, there's a reason why when they asked James Harden his two favorite road trips, can you guess it? Houston and Atlanta. What uh-huh. do those two have in common? You can, Jeff? you can go be rebellion at the script club with Pac Man Jones if you want. Do any of the? I know you've got a couple other things you want to get to, Cam, but I just want to see if either of these free agents grab you. Uh, the Clippers are going to save about 110 million in luxury tax. They uh, they uh, did not guarantee, for all intents and purposes, they waived Eric Gordon. So Eric Gordon's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Torian Prince also uh, had his option declined. He is now going into free agency. The Timberwolves declined his option that would have paid him $7.4 million, the former Baylor star, who had one of the best press conference quotes ever after Baylor lost to Yale in the NCAA tournament several years ago. Either one of those guys do anything for you on a free agent market? So talking about Eric Gordon, you mentioned how much money they're going to save. They're still above the tax, the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. In fact, they are, I believe, they have the highest salary cap going into next season. They're, they're, they're well over, well over the the luxury tax, the first apron, and the second apron right now. With this new CBA that goes into effect July 6th, Jeff, it's going to heavily penalize teams who Mm -hmm. are above the second apron, even more so than the last CBA. They're in a weird spot because you have Kawhi Leonard who, you know, when he's healthy, Jeff, he's a top five, top ten player. But the thing is, his knees have such bad damage to him that you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, he didn't remember. He didn't play the last two games of that first round series against Phoenix because his knees were so messed up. Now that could just be Kawhi and Uncle Dennis saying, "Hey, we're not going to win this series anyway. We're not going to contend for a title. Let's just shut it down now." But it sounds like from other people who have you know far better connections than I do, it sounds like his knees are really messed up. And we may have seen the best of Kawhi Leonard. You know that 2019 season he won the title with the Raptors. That may be the last time we really see. Kawhi Leonard contend for an NBA championship. You have still have Paul George, but also kind of like Kawhi, they haven't been healthy, Jeff. Paul George, yeah. this his career since the Pacers, he's been on some great teams with the Thunder, then the end with the Clippers, but the story of Paul George is that he can never stay healthy through the playoffs. Kind of just like, just like Chris Paul. 
So they're in a weird spot. They re-signed Russell Westbrook. Russ, love him or hate him, he's a great regular season guy because he's going to get you 38 minutes per game. He's going to play his butt off. and He can provide some relief to Kawhi and Paul George because if you're the Clippers, you, you want to – you want to manage their loads as large as possible because you do not want Kawhi or Paul George to get injured during the regular season. And guess what? It happens every season. So what will they do with Russell Westbrook? The most they can sign him is to $3.8 million. Westbrook, he could probably get a little bit more than that. I'm, I'm sure he could command up to $10 million for just even a bad team that that needs needs some ball handlers. So we'll see what L.A. does. Um, you mentioned Eric Gordon. Robert Covington, he's an expiring Marcus Morris, who they tried to trade for Malcolm Brogdon. Remember in that Kristaps trade, Jeff, mm-hmm. the original trade would have sent Morris, I believe, to Washington. And they would have gotten Malcolm Brogdon, who I thought would have been a great addition to their team. Remember, he was the sixth man of the year, but L.A. could not get a physical in time, went ahead and declined the trade. I'm not sure that was a great move. I think Brogdon could have really helped them out. Even if, even if he can't stay healthy, he's still another ball handler that I think really makes this team, you know, get a little bit better than the regular season, but turned um, turn that trade down. So what will they do with Marcus Morris? And then you have Nicholas Batuma as well. So the Clippers are in a very precarious spot. I, I don't know what their move is because I don't think you can rely on Kawhi and Paul George to stay healthy, and that's what scares me if you're a Clippers fan. Yeah, Kawhi hasn't been the same since uh, you know they beat the Mavericks. I, I had to look up. the My years are starting to run together. It was that 2020-21 season, the year after the COVID bubble. Uh, he had a great Game seven in the first round series against the Mavs got hurt in the Western Conference semifinals. He really hasn't been the same since. Yeah. So hold that thought, Cam. We'll we'll continue your NBA free agency preview. You guys wanted more Cameron Parker. You're getting more Cameron Parker. Hey, today. if we got till all next week, we, we can just do one segment every show. Yeah, we we can Good do time. because there there Good are time. some there are some free agents that I want to run down that and say, Cam, what do you what do you think is the best fit for these guys? Blah blah blah. We'll we'll go through that and anything you've got because I did ask you to prepare some NBA free agency stuff today. So I uh, I don't want it to be like Sark audio. I want to make sure we use it. I asked you to prepare it. I want to make sure it gets used. Uh, speaking of Sark, we'll talk a little Texas football uh, coming up next in our first Longhorn Notebook of the day. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. On a long and lonesome highway East of Omaha If Craig is listening to the show at some point today, I want to see if I can trigger him by us playing this song as a return cut. The best version of Turn the Page is the Metallica version. Craig is not here. He's on vacation. I am here. Cameron is here. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. And it is time, as much as I would love to listen to Metallica throughout this segment, we have to turn the page and talk a little Texas football because it's time 
for this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam, you mentioned Big 12 Media Days. We know who will be there representing the Longhorns along with Steve Sarkeesian. Of the guys that are going to be there, Cam, who intrigues you the most in terms of the Texas attendees? Quinn yours. That, that was easy. Quick, quick trigger on that answer, yeah. sir. Why Quinn? Just you want to hear? Just you want to hear just what QB one has to say? He, how his off season's been going? He's a chance to become the first quarterback from Texas to be drafted in the first round since Vince Young. There's a chance, depending on how well this season goes, there's a chance for Texas to be in a Big 12 championship, which I think they should be, no matter what happens this year, whether Quinn's healthy or not. But if Texas goes 12-1, and I think you're going to look back and you're going to see Quinn Ewers having a great year. I don't know if he's going to be in Heisman contention or, or whatnot, but I think a big part of this next season is the development of Quinn Ewers, the maturation of Quinn Ewers, what he can do, because there was times last season, the second half, where you could kind of tell that Quinn had just, you know, instead of trying to develop, he just relied a little bit too much on his talent. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hey, I could do this in high school just playing at 60%. doesn't work that way in Division One anymore. And he's getting ready for the SEC. You know, you want to get ready for whether or not he plays in the SEC yeah. or not. He wants his dream is ultimately to play in the NFL. Well, you got to put the work in. And it I, seems yeah. like this winter, we talked about it, it seems like he has. I mean, we've we talked about – some of the pieces have gone up on Horns 247 of, you know, opposing coaches and opponents talking about how Quinn has looked and how he's taking everything more seriously. So we'll see. For me, that's why he's the most interesting player to talk to. The, the critical part for him was always going to be, because during spring ball, I mean, you're going to work. It was going to be from the time spring ball ended really up until you get to Big 12 media days. You know, the months of, of May – June and and what is going to take place in July at that point and, and a lot of the guys will be coming off of a a break for you know the Fourth of July you get yeah. that break in the middle of the summer but that's really the stuff that we talked about last year with Quinn you know the footwork and things like that and the mechan the baseline mechanics the stuff that we said hey that that's not something you fix during in the, while you're in season that's stuff that you fix in the off season okay that's stuff that he had a chance to work on during the winter obviously you work on it during spring ball. And now you work on it at this point in time. I also think him becoming a leader. I, not to say that he's a bad leader or he's incapable of it, but I mean, you lose a voice like Roshan on offense, and you've got to you've got to have guys step up. But it's got to yeah. be natural for those guys, right? Like it can't it can't be fake. It can't be phony because guys, especially people, can say what they want about you know from millennial and, and really you're kind of running. I don't even know if you have millennials on this team technically. I forget what years it runs, but like I don't think so with, with Gen Zers. People can say whatever they want about those generations. You know, kids today, Cam, you're around high school kids a lot, covering, uh, you know, doing play by play for Round Rock baseball and and being the voice of, of McNeil football this last year. Young kids can typically, they can see through BS. They know when you're being real with them and when you're not. Mm-hmm. And they want they want to be led. I feel like they want to be led. They want to have a leader to look up to. This team had that last year with Roshan. You don't have that. How can you know Quinn and even a guy like Jordan Whittington? Uh, who's going to be in our reason? How do those guys do that effectively yet be authentic about it? Because you can't be Roshan. You can't just try to be Roshan because Roshan was authentic in the way he led. I think authentic leadership is far more important than seeing you know who's going to jump down someone's throat or whatnot. Yeah, there was times last year I think there was, there was a miscommunication or a drop. Beginning the season, Quinn, he wouldn't really react, right? He'd just kind of be kind of calm. Walk to the sideline. Second half of the season, we started to see more of that focal leader from Quinn Ewers. And I think you guys asked him about it. 
in press conferences, and he kind of said, yeah, okay, i got to step up more and be more of a leader. And we saw kind of he would get a little bit more angry at receivers after some drops, miscommunications, but he would talk to them. And the part about being a leader is not just yelling at your receiver for dropping right. the ball. It's how you work on that in the sideline and you get your guy ready for the next play. And that's, that's the biggest step for Quinn Ewers because I think naturally his personality, he's a pretty laid-back, relaxed guy. So becoming a leader, it isn't just like, okay, I'm going to be a leader this year. That's not how it works. You got to, you know, it it takes time for I think I want to do this. As, as a human being who's, you know, who's a little bit more, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I would say he's antisocial or anything because I don't know him that well. But if you're, it's going to take some time for him to get comfortable doing that. I think it, you know, if you play any sports, right, and you're not that type of guy, it can be a little weird telling your teammate, especially if he's older, like, hey, you got to do this better. You got to work on this. And it takes time for Quinn, I think, to figure that part out. And that's a big part of his, his next step along with the footwork. We saw it on social media, and you could hear it last, you know, last year from the time he got to campus. He did a really good job of bringing himself into the locker room yeah. and adapting. And because he, he joined the team pretty late, yeah, he got he got there uh, in in January at, at the semester, and you know Hudson Card was already established as, yeah. as a guy that you know had had some skins on the wall, had actually played, but you know and Quinn didn't try. I think there were a lot of and some of the players have said this. There were a lot of misconceptions about Quinn and his personality that were quickly dispelled, and I think it helped too. You know, he had guys in that locker room. You know, he he played high school ball with Andre Carriage, who's no longer there, but mm-hmm. Carriage was there last year. Uh, he he had worked out in Dallas with a guy like uh, a JT Sanders. You know, guy, there were guys that knew him and, and could really back up. Like, no, this is this may be the version of Quinn Ewers that, based on social media and based on conjecture, you think is out there. This is the real Quinn Ewers that we know. So I, I don't worry about. I've never worried about Quinn. You know, from hearing the, even the early returns from when he got to campus. In terms of him assimilating himself into the locker room, just being a part of the culture, kind of blending in and meshing with everybody. But now, can he take those next steps yeah. in the way he knows how to lead? Same thing with Jordan Whittington. Stay with offense. The guy that I'm most anxious to hear from is Xavier Worthy because we still have it. Yeah. At the time of the bowl game, <laughs> at the time of the bowl game, he was answering questions. Most of the questions geared toward him was, "Are you going to be back here next year, or are you going to hit the portal, or are you going to go elsewhere?" And since then, we haven't talked to him since the the revelation about the hand injury came out. So, I think for X, it's just, man, how have you just, after all the stuff last year, right, the hand injury, the transfer rumors, the erratic play, blah, 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 how have you worked on just wiping the slate clean and just starting over, just trying to start fresh? We talked about it with Chad yesterday on Midday with Chad and myself. Do you think Sark's putting Xavier – at this Big 12 media days because he knows the tough questions X is going to get, but also if you want to be an NFL receiver, you kind of got to get used to it, right? I think that's part of it. I think two media days is the time where for a guy like X, knowing the questions that are going to be asked, put him out there in front of everybody at once. And and I, I wish more people, when there's stuff that needs to be addressed publicly, I just wish coaches, players, whoever would just do it this way. Send him out there. Rip the Band-Aid off. Let everybody ask what they need to ask in the middle of July. So that way when you get to August and if you want to bring him out for an availability, all that other stuff has already been dealt with. Yeah, There's no point. And at that point, it's on you as a reporter if you didn't ask those questions in July because he's already addressed it, he's already answered it, and you know, you're know you moving on to whatever's next. And that's not going to stop anybody from asking whatever questions they want. But I think from 
from X's standpoint, this is his chance to publicly, in a court of public opinion, get everything out there, wipe the slate clean, and make it clear that, hey, I'm starting over. The year has passed. Here's how I moved on. Here's what we're working on, and here's what I'm looking forward to. So, like I said, just rip that Band-Aid off and get over it. Just just get it over with. He's going he's to get peppered with questions about no question. the hand. And I think that it's a, it's a, you know, no pun intended, it's a worthy question to be asked of him. The transfer stuff, I don't really care about enough. It's just That's just how football is going to work now where your guys are going to be getting recruited even while they're on a different roster. And then the the next step about the the deep balls, the the miscommunications, the, his drop in Washington, getting that worked on. How did that relate to, you know, the broken hand? What was, was that just, you know, between – just on the lack of chemistry between him and Quinn Ewers. So it's all questions, I think, that are that need to be asked. And like you said, kind of glad the Band-Aid gets ripped off because it does get a little bit boring hearing the same questions asked throughout the entire season because Worthy was never really – I mean, he wasn't a bard of you know a lot of post-scheme scrums, right? No. Mm-mm. No, and a lot of times his play didn't dictate that he, he necessarily needed Yeah, and I'm sure he did I not want to uh, deal with the media. I, I think he was – a trying to remember i think he was made available after the west virginia game but yeah there weren't a ton of times where he was made available we went a lot I, I i know this cam we went a long time without speaking to him until we got him at the bowl game yeah i know that much uh anybody else you're interested in hearing from you got those two that we talked about quinn ewers xavier worthy jordan whittington jalen ford jaday baron and obviously sark will be there i think sark's probably uh, the coach, right? I want to want to hear about his development, development of the players for the spring, and then also w- with Baron. I'm curious to hear what he says about his teammates. Yeah, more so not about him, but about who's really stepping up in the spring and what he thinks his defense is going to look like. Because we talked about yesterday, the secondary can be can be solid if, if Catalan's healthy. Because he, he did not participate in spring ball, right? Yeah, after getting the shoulder cleaned up. And Terrence Brooks, Terrence Brooks is the guy I go back to, man. If he if he can be an answer at field corner. Then it allows you to to work your depth, work your chess pieces for depth so much more uh, liberally, for lack of a better term, off the top of my head. Like you can really just mix and match and decide what the truly best fits yeah. are for for a Gavin Holmes or an Austin Jordan, or uh, in the case of Catalan being healthy, a Keaton Crawford or Jaron Thompson. How you're going to deploy guys? If you get what you think you can get, if you get the best versions of Terrence Brooks and the best versions of Jalen Catalan, no reason why you shouldn't have one of the best secondaries in the Big 12. If you don't have either of those guys, then your secondary is probably the ceiling significantly lowers. It's probably a middle-of-the-road secondary. There's a few guys, like, we have not talked a lot about Austin Jordan, you know? He he was a guy that played a lot of big snaps last year in big-time moments. Another year for him to develop. Yeah, One of our favorite players, Mo Blackwell. I'm excited uh, I'm to a see. Mo, I'm a Mo Blackwell truther. Anybody that listens to Longhorn Blitz knows I am a Mo Blackwell truther. I love me some Mo Black. I might be. I might give me a Mo Blackwell jersey this year. I haven't bought a Longhorn jersey in a minute. I'm, I might. I might give me a Mo Blackwell jersey. Pull up to press conferences wearing that. Wearing my 37, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> but he, if, the, I'll tell you what. If Mo Blackwell, if anybody's listening, if anybody can relay this message to Mo Blackwell. If Mo Blackwell gets an NIL deal for a clothing line, like you know, a lot of these guys put out their own clothing brands or whatever. I saw Jaron Thompson just put his out. If Mo Blackwell has an NIL deal for a clothing line, I will buy a shirt from Mo Blackwell's clothing line and wear it proudly. We need to get you a an NIL deal with ponchos while we're up in Dallas, dude. I man, I would. So uh, we we got to plan our our I feel, stops. I feel like I feel like Chappelle when he was talking about chicken. 
Just do it. Just give me the food, Ponchos. I'll do it for free. Because we're we're gonna be up there in Arlington. We got we got to figure out a, a day or time to get Ponchos. <sighs> Dude, this, it might have me, to you happen. Me, you and Craig. Me, you and Craig. Raise that flag, man. Get you some soap appears. Be good. Need to make sure you get some Pepto you, you think, or something afterwards. You think Travis from Hayes City Store would be okay with Ponchos? That would be if we stepped down. By the way, speaking of Travis, our good friend Travis from Hayes City Store, I did have uh, a little post church lunch on Sunday. Cam at the new Taste on Main in Buda, oh, downtown okay. Buda. It's Travis's new venture. Very, very quality mm, okay. food. I'll order off the brunch menu. Got the uh, stuffed French toast with the breakfast taters. It's pretty damn good. Not gonna lie, it's pretty awesome. Forgot, what did my wife have? My wife had the Philly cheesesteak sandwich. It was really that good. That sounds too. incredible, man. The, stu- the stuffed French toast on the brunch menu from Sunday was was on point. But I digress. Uh, yeah, so from and Jordan Whittington can answer those questions too about a Terrence Brooks or you know you know a guy we haven't talked about either and and I think a lot of it stems from we don't know what percent he's going to be healthy. Jalen Gilbo, his recovery from that that knee injury last yeah. year because there were times early in the year where he played really well. You talk about Austin Jordan, yeah, I think it all ties together. You know, Gilbo's injury opened the door for Jaday Barron to really take over nickel. Uh, you know, Austin Jordan, you think about it. When Deshaun Jameson got hurt, I think Austin Jordan ended up playing like 40-something snaps in the Alabama game. And I remember we talked about it on the Blitz afterwards. I'm like, man, if I'd have told you during the summer if Austin Jordan plays 40-some-odd snaps in the Alabama game, what's the outcome? Probably say if Austin Jordan's playing that much, the game's probably well in hand for Bama, probably mid-third quarter. But, no, those were high-leverage snaps he played. Now, the flip side is – when Ryan Watts got injured in the Iowa State game, he he got exposed. I, I thought Iowa State did a really good job of exploiting him, playing that boundary. But he's a guy that's got some talent. So uh, a lot of intriguing pieces on that back end. You know, Xavier Bryce is a guy, Cam, that we don't talk about a lot. But you look at him at corner, he looks the part. Some real intriguing pieces in that secondary. And then I think from Sark, the main thing I want to hear is kind of what I, I asked him a version of this question in Houston. Just him going into year three – Year one, it was just kind of getting back on a horse, getting his feet wet as a head coach again. Last year, it's it's getting more comfortable working with the staff. Now, year three in that role, that dual role of head coach and play caller on offense, because you can't be tunnel visioned. You gotta you gotta have your head on a swivel. You gotta understand everything that's going on. And the Paul Christ factor, I really wonder this because we know how much Gary Patterson helped Pete Kwiatkowski. The start doesn't need help on, on schemes or, or, or putting together a game plan per se, I think what Sark needs is maybe maybe Paul Christ is that guy that, and he, again, Paul Christ as an analyst can't have, you know, a, a communication device on game day, but can does, does Paul Christ become a guy that Sark trusts mm-hmm. to say, hey, Steve, I think you need to, we need to run the football here, or you need to keep airing it out, or you need to press him a little bit, whatever the case is. Does Sark, because I, I think Paul Chris has enough skins on the wall and would have enough respect from Sark that he could be that kind of guy that can do that can do some of that stuff during the game. Not that he didn't do it. Not that Gary Patterson wasn't. That Gary Patterson didn't relay information to Sark or they didn't communicate. But I just think Sark needs that guy that he almost perceives to be, you know, a football equal to him on the offensive side of the ball to that maybe can can give him. I don't want to say give direction, but that can maybe get in his ear that he'll listen to. And he'll take that opinion and, and really, really value it. You know, the Paul the Paul Christ factor, I think, could be big with Sark. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm overrating it. I don't know. But so, something 
something needs to change to get Sark to that next level in terms of managing a game, game situations, all the stuff we talked about, feel for the game, all the stuff we've talked about of can Sark coach a game to where Texas has an advantage in those tight games? Can he push the right buttons? I think that's a really big part of it. Going back to the defensive side real quick, Jeff, I'm curious from that 2022 recruiting class, we mentioned Terrence Brooks, who I think is going to be a big part defensively, but the safety position, we saw you know, that was kind of you know a weakness last year for Texas. They added Jalen Catalan. We'll see how healthy he's going to be. But I'm curious, does anyone step up from that 22 class, the safeties? Austin Jordan, he played safety at Denton Ryan. He played a little bit corner last he's, year. He's going to be more He's going to be more of a corner, yeah. But then that leaves B.J. Allen and Larry Turner-Gooden. You know, what happens with them this season? Do they make a leap? Do they make a step up? Or are they just type, two types of guys that, you know, maybe don't have a career at Texas, which I think would be two, you know, pretty big misses. Well, Sark. I, I think you need those guys to develop and continue to come along because you could go in the next spring with those two guys being your starting safety yeah. or, or you could have some major holes at safety. Because Catalan will be gone after this year. You're, I'm assuming Thompson will be gone. I'm assuming Barron will be gone. I mean, hey, Michael Taft, pride of Westlake. He, yeah, we he, forget about Michael Taft. He is on scholarship. He's going to be a big player. And then also, you know, a freshman coming in, Malik Muhammad. He's a guy that yeah, got a and, lot of and, praise. And, and Manny Muhammad was a guy that was on campus for spring. Yeah. Right. He could be he could we talk about uh and we we'll talk about Daniel Cruz to the new old line commit. I forgot to mention him. We haven't forgotten about him in the show, but we'll talk about him in the Longhorn Notebook in hour two. Um but yeah, I, I got on Daniel Cruz. Who were we talking about? We were talking about Manny Muhammad and who were who else were we talking about, Cam? Besides like safety position? No, just the, Manny Muhammad was on, just the Manny Muhammad was on campus uh, during the spring. Yeah, yeah. Playing at corner position. Um, you got Derek Williams, too, who's in for the summer, who's going to be in camp that wasn't around during the spring. So I I really want to know, like, what, what do they end up doing with a guy like Jelani McDonald? Like, it, it, can he get snaps, and how can you deploy a guy like him that's just an uber athlete that could project to a number of positions? Like, mm. how do you want to use him? Like where do you, what do you see him being long term, and how do you see him helping you this year? Because I think similar to Anthony Hill, those could be two very different answers in terms of how does he help you short term, and what do you see for him over the long haul? All right, we got to take a break. We'll keep the Texas football conversation going, but coming up next, uh, a little personal story for me in inconceivable. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable! Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right, inconceivable, leading us up to the top of hour number one, or the end of hour number one, start of hour number two. I said I was going to have a little personal tale for inconceivable today. Um, And really it shows you how sometimes your worst qualities, your biggest mistakes, can lead you down a really good, unexpected path. So uh, this would have been in December of 2006. Uh, I was living in San Marcos. I was getting ready to the winter semester. I think the fall semester was coming to an end. I was getting ready to start. The, uh, the spring semester at Texas State, spring of 2007. And 
It's a typical Thursday night, and we're enjoying some adult beverages, me and my friends. And uh, I was already pretty. I'm, I'm, it? I'm not gonna be honest. Yeah, I was pretty. I was feeling it a little bit. And my buddy Chris Dukes, one of my best friends, we lived in the same apartment complex as his as his sister and her roommate was a very good friend of ours. And he told me to check on them. Was I think we were supposed to go somewhere? I think I forget what the plans were because the plans changed. But my I interpreted that as it was meant to be phone call. I interpreted that as go over there and see if they're there. So me and my inability to follow directions, <laughs> I walk over there, knock on the door, I call them, and like, hey, just wonder where you where where you guys are. Uh, you know, we're ready to go. Whatever, bye. And I hear a voice as I'm walking across the parking lot, like kind of mimic everything I'm saying on the phone. I look up and it's somebody standing on a balcony. And we start talking, me on the ground, this person from the third floor balcony. Was he chirping you? No, it was a, it was a girl. And we're, we're kind of chopping it up. And so I decide, you know what, I'm just going to not have this conversation like from parking lot to balcony. I'm going to walk up there and have this conversation the person that i ended up having a conversation with that night cam is now my wife really <laughs> and today is our anniversary and we've been married for 15 that's years that's awesome as of today so my inability to follow directions inadvertently led to me meeting my wife how about that yeah so we uh hit it off and ended up dating not long after that Got engaged a little over a year later. Got married in the summer of 08. And it's crazy. You think about how much, you know, you grow personally over 15 years. And to do that together with somebody. And to think that that one one conversation led you down this road to where, you know, we... Cameron, you've met my daughter. We have, have, you know, her and I, we have a kid together now. We both graduated college. Uh, To quote... Everlast together we've seen the good side of bad, the downside of up and everything between. It's been it's been a hell of a ride and still still going strong. And uh, you know, they, they say, you know, if if it works right, you know, you marry your best friend and I feel like I did. So the it, it, they say love sometimes comes when you least expect it. Yeah, for me it did when I very much least expected it to happen on a random Thursday night that person that I was having a conversation with in the random parking lot of my apartment <laughs> complex. Who was mimicking you. It was mimicking me on a phone away. call. We ended up getting married. So would you have seen her if you if you had not had that conversation, if you had not gotten up to that top roof, whatever, would you have ever seen her again, you think? No. Wow. Probably not. If I hadn't decided to walk up to the third floor, which I was not as Hefty as I am right now, so walking up so to, you sprinted? to the third floor. Um, I'll be honest in my my state at that point, Cam. I can't tell you if I sauntered, <laughs> sprinted, jogged. No, I couldn't tell you how but I. But you got do there. remember talking with her. That's I all remember that talking with her. Yeah. yeah, she came over to my apartment where my friends were hanging out, and uh, yeah, just haven't had very many days where we didn't see each other since then. So. That's a that's, an, that's that an awesome story. That was yeah. that's probably the best inconceivable segment we've had in this show. I uh, I figured it'd be better than space travel or fast food or something else. So, love my wife. Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy love anniversary. It's our anniversary. So, 
Just wanted to throw that out there. Any, any big plans? Uh, Arby's? <laughs> no, but you know what? On our wedding day, we we uh, we barely got any food. We ended up stopping at McDonald's on the yep. way home. So, Craig will be happy. This segment did end up going to fast food yeah. somehow. We ended up stopping at McDonald's on the Speaking way home. Speaking of Craig, we just got a we just got a picture, an update from him on vacation. He's drinking cheer wine. Yeah, he is. Love it. Not the first time he's mentioned to us that he's done that either. And so. had some uh, she crab soup yesterday. Love me the she crab soup. Uh, love me some like the tower. Specs text line is open, 337-3776. We'll keep the Texas football conversation going. Cam's got a flex update. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, and we have to give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas football. All that and much more coming up in hour number two of Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com.